This is HPR episode 2816 entitled GNU Orc, part 14, and is part of the series Learning Orc. It is hosted by Dave Morris and is about 23 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is Redirection of Input and Output, part 1. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello everybody, welcome to Hacker Public Radio. This is episode number 14 in the Learning Orc series that Be Easy and myself are, are doing. I wanted to talk about the subject of redirection in Orc programs, and I originally thought, oh yes, I can fit that into one episode, but as I started to write it, I realised there was just too much. So I'm going to do it as two episodes, and this is the first of the pair, not surprisingly, and... This time I want to be looking at output redirection. And then the next one I'll be looking at the getLine command, which is used for input. Explicit input, I think is the way they put it, uh, which can include redirection. So, so far in our ORC programs, pretty much all anyway, we have uh, seen that when it, it, uh, the script prints, prints out using print or printf, the output's written to the standard output channel, which is pretty much the screen if you're running things from a terminal. The redirection feature in ORC allows output to be written somewhere else. So the first thing you might want to do is to redirect to a file, and you would use print or printf, and there's a sort of syntax diagram, print space items, there would be a list of items, often separated by commas, greater than sign, and then the name of an output file. And that's a simple example that I've shown here. It uses the infamous file of fruit data that we invented. It's actually be easy that came up with it in episode number two. I've included the data file with this show just in case you find it useful to have it around. So this is a very simple awk script, just a one-liner. And I've demonstrated how it would be used. So you would write as your program after the, the command awk in quotes, single quotes, capital NR greater than one, that's the number of records greater than one. So it's skipping the first line, which is a header. So uh, the rule that is triggered by that particular test simply consists of a print dollar one, the first field of the data, greater than, and then in double quotes, fruit names. All of this in curly brackets. Close single quote, and then the name of the the file org fourteen fruitdata.txt, which, as I say, is included with the show. So, what that's doing is it's taking the first field of every line and writing it to a file called fruit name. And I've shown it the file being catted, and you can see its contents is the names of the fruit: apple, banana, strawberry, etc. Now, the things to note are that the name of the file is enclosed in double quotes. 
And that's because it's a string. So this has to be a string. You'll get into trouble if you try and use anything else other than a string there. So the script will loop once per line of the input file, as I've said, and it will execute the redirection each time. And what happens is the output file is erased before the first output is written to it. And then subsequent writes to the same file don't erase it, but append to it. And it's important to be aware of this because it's not the same. If you're used to doing this in shell scripts, then it's not the same behavior. Now, this is not different in any significant way from simply writing the same script where you simply print $1 and then at the end of the, the line on, in your shell, you put a greater than and then the name fruit names. And in this particular case, in this example of it here, uh, in this particular case, you're using the shell to do the redirection to a file. That's fine. I mean, I would choose the latter one personally if I needed to do something like that. But things get more complicated if you want to be writing to multiple files from your script. So I've prepared um, example one, which is downloadable, awk14 underscore ex1.awk, and that writes to a collection of output files. And I've uh, listed it in the notes. Again, it's using nr greater than one as the trigger for the, the single rule that exists in the script. And it sets a variable color to column two. Column two contains the color of the fruit. It makes a file name, which is being stored in, in a variable f name. And it does this by concatenating the string awk14 underscore with the contents of the color and then underscore fruit. And it prints just, just so you can tell what it's doing, it prints the message writing percent %s to percent %s backslash n. That's in printf. And it, uh, in, it, in that string, it, it fills in the fruit name and the name of the file that it's going to write to. Then it actually does it, print $1 greater than f name. Now, f name in this case, as I was sort of alluding to before, is not quoted because it's, it, it is itself a string. It's a variable containing a string, but it's not a string constant. If it's a string constant, you need to, to quote it. It would have been possible to have put that string concatenation in the place of f name. And if you do that, there's great scope for confusion and the the uh, orc script, the orc interpreter will uh, get confused unless you enclose that concatenation in quotes, uh, in a, in parentheses, distracted by a cat in the background is running about the place. So running the script writes to files called stuff like orc14 underscore brown underscore fruit and similar. Now you can see it being run in the notes see the names of the files. Since the output file names are generated dynamically and are liable to change between each line read from the input file, the script is doing what was described earlier. It creates them, or empties them if they already exist, in the first instance of use, and then appends them once open. Then all of the files, there'll be multiple files open as the script runs, all the files are closed when the script exits. So I've shown that if I ls orc14 underscore asterisk underscore fruit i get back brown fruit green fruit purple fruit red fruit yellow i catted the purple one and i get back grape and plum so how would you then append to an existing file well not too surprisingly they use a different type of redirection where you use double greater than signs so the output file is expected to exist already but if it doesn't then 
it will be created. If it does, then its contents are not arrays but appended to. Now when you redirect stuff in a, in a shell script, you will see something like an echo followed by a greater than and the name of the, the output file. So that's it writing the first line to the file. And then you will see later on the last line being, or subsequent lines being written to it, which are appending, or use double greater than. So it's a similar sort of idea. But the way it behaves in the shell, whether it be bash or born shell or whatever, pretty much, then it will be somewhat different from the way that awk works. And that's partly because each redirection in the shell involves the file being opened and then closed again when it's done in this sort of way. Whereas the redirections being done to a, an open file, where the file is opened by the first instance of redirection to it. And then there's a, the file will be closed when the script exits, but there's also a close command which will do this stuff. We'll look at that in a minute. So the next topic is redirecting to another program. So this type of redirection uses a pipe symbol and to the right of the pipe symbol is the, a command which is a string. It's either a string literal or it's a variable containing a string. So print space items space vertical bar space command will do the job. And so there's an example here using the famous fruit data orc open quote single quote nr greater than one then in curly brackets print dollar one space vertical bar then in double quotes sort space minus u space vertical bar space nl close double quotes close curly brackets close quotes then the name of the file bar. so this time uh, you get a list of the the fruit but with a few added extras so the command which is being redirected to is actually a, a double command it's a pipe in its own respect and it starts with the sort command it uses the option minus u or hyphen u the output from the sort and that causes it to um, make sure that all the things that it sorts are unique and then it that's piped to nl which is a thing that just numbers line so as this script is run when the first thing is written to this command a subprocess is started up with these two commands in and that they are sitting waiting for input first name is sent to this process and then it repeats with each successive name and the the sub process finishes when the script finishes and the way that sort work is it it works as it accumulates all of the stuff that it's fed and then when they when it stops because the, the termination of the stream of data it will do the sort and carry on and in this case it passes the results of the sort as a bunch of lines to nl so you'll see that in the in the demonstration of how it works you see everything is sorted alphabetically and then numbered one through eight now as i mentioned before there's a close command in awk which will close the redirection to a file or to command the argument to close needs to be the exact commands or file name which exact commands which define the process so it needs to be completely exact in, in every respect it's it's worse with a command because you might have uh, you might added extra spaces at various points so that's why it's a good idea to store the commands or file names in an awk variable if you need to to do an explicit close and example two 
shows the variable cmd being used to hold the shell command and uh, in this case the connection is closed to show how it would be done though there's no actual need to close the, the channel this is essentially the same the same script except it's a bit more involved the first rule is a begin rule where it sets up this cmd variable which is the sort hyphen u vertical bar nl then the second rule is and it's triggered by every line that doesn't have a record number of one, everything greater than one in other words, which prints $1 to this command. And the final rule is an end rule, which closes a CMD variable. So it just does exactly the same in a more winded way, but it proves the point. So I thought I'd throw in a more, what I refer to as real world example. This set here is real in my world. You may wonder why on earth I do this. But when I'm preparing an HBR show like this, which involves a number, of, a number of example scripts, I need to run them for testing purposes to prove they, they really work and not nonsense. So I have a main directory for my HBR shows, and I work in that directory. And I then like to make... I then have subdirectories per show, and I like to make soft links to the examples in the subject so I can run tests without having to hop around between directories. In general, I use the ln command with hyphen s as one of its arguments which makes a soft link and I use hyphen f which forces it to to make the link even if it exists normally if it already exists it won't make it but sometimes I mess things up and want to overwrite a link with uh, with the real thing and so I use um, hyphen f to force it. and then the arguments are the path to the actual file I want to make a link to and then the name of the link. So I use the, the path of the uh, the file relative to where I am, and then use the base name of that to, to, to make a link. And so if I'm I'm pointing to where example one of awk fourteen is awk fourteen underscore ex one dot awk and I want to make a link called that. So I wrote a little awk script to help me do this. It takes path names as input and constructs shell commands, which it pipes to sh through a running as a subprocess. And it's here as example three. The script expects to be given one or more path names on standard input. It takes the path and splits it up based on the slash character. And it uses split to do this. And split returns the number of elements that it finds. So that number, which I save in a variable called n, will index the last element. We check that this makes sense. So if it wasn't a path but consisted just of the file name, then something a bit silly going on. So check to see that n is, if it's less than 2, then there's an error. One of the things I do here is a sort of uh, look ahead, which is a print an error message, error in path, and then dollar zero the uh, the actual path string i've just read in and i send that to the file um which is a string slash dev slash std e double r standard error and i'm going to talk a little bit more about this then the command next causes this particular input line to be skipped next i build the shell command and this is partly because i want to demonstrate it print it um but it's sometimes a bit more convenient to do things this way so the command is called cmd and it's constructed by using sprintf sprintf which is a formatted print thing but except it doesn't write anything out it simply 
returns it as a value which can be stored in a variable and so what I'm doing here is building a string which will be a shell command so in square brackets inside this string I've got hyphen e and then percent s which is substitution point close square bracket double ampersand so that's checking for existence of the file just in case I was daft enough to feed it the path to a file that doesn't exist Double ampersand is followed by ln space hyphen s space hyphen f for force, percent s, and then percent s, close, double quotes. There's no new line on the end of this one. And then the arguments I feed to this are $0, the path name, $0 again, same path name, and a square bracket n. I've stored the results from the split in, a, in an array called a, and the nth element is the last one as I said already. Then I simply print this out, preceded by a double, double chevron. And finally, in this rule, print percent %s, printf I should say, the format being percent %s backslash n, and feed command into that. So that puts a new line on the end of it, which is necessary for the, the shell to receive it as a separate line. So it will send the command that I've just printed out for, for demonstration purposes to the shell, whatever the shell is. The shell, I think, by default is the born shell or whatever operating system pretends it's the born shell. I think it's dash, for example, on Debian derivatives as opposed to bash. Then the final rule in this script is an end rule which closes the sh command pipeline. Not necessary, not strictly necessary, but it's good good practice to uh, to do that. I've got an example of here how I would run it, how I do run it, and I'm my command on the command line is a printf. This is um this is me in bash actually, which sends percent s backslash n in double quotes to a pipeline, and the argument to that printf is the path to the example. I won't read this path out. Basically, the last bit of it consists of orc14 underscore ex question mark dot orc. So what that will do is it will, that uh, that's, what do they call that? A file expansion. So it will return all of the matching files. So it'll be three, because there's three examples particular show. And it returns them to printf. And the way that printf works is that if, It'll just keep printing the arguments that you give it. If you, there's only, it's only caters for one in this particular case. In, um, this is the way that the bash version of printf works anyway. If you give it more than one, it will just keep repeating that format over and over again. So the result is that it prints out the strings that are returned from the expansion one after the other with a new line on the end. And these are piped to an invocation of this particular script dot slash orc14 underscore ex3.orc and what we get back is three commands which are the um, the test to see that the files exist it's a bit superfluous because they do because otherwise they wouldn't have expanded but it depends how you create them in the first place check that they exist and if they if it does exist then send it to an ln command to make it doesn't uh, that's all it shows the three instances so this is actually really useful. I did it as a as a demo here and then realized actually this is much more elegant than the way I've been doing things before. And um, it probably needs to be a bit more 
uh, foolproof. It needs to be have more error checks in it and stuff. And in particular, when you're doing this, using an awk script to generate commands to send to your shell, then there are potential pitfalls using quotes because shells are often fussy about quotes and you're doing it in another language it's sort of semi-fuzzy about quotes and uh, there's a particular thing in the GNU Walk manual section 10.2.9 which I've referenced here but it's, it's a useful thing to be able to do but you might prefer to just write the, the whole of such a thing in a bash script but uh, it's entirely up to you the final bit of, of redirection I want to talk about is redirecting to a co-process so this uses a pipe symbol and an ampersand to send output to a string containing a command or commands for the, the shell. Now this is an or a Gork GNU Org extension and quite advanced. And unlike the previous redirection which sends to a program, this form sends to a program and allows the program's output to be read back. So it's a it's a two-directional connection to a running process and that's the definition of this thing called a co-process by the time this show comes out you should have heard Klackes talk about co-processes in bash so it's it, hopefully it'll make some make a bit more sense as a consequence i'm going to talk a bit more about co-processes in the next of this pair of shows because it really makes sense to talk about it in the context of getline which is the way of reading stuff back again so i'm not going to say anything more about it but the the basic idea is you would do print space item space vertical bar ampersand space and then some command that sends stuff to and re receives stuff back from the final point then is redirecting to special file. So as you know, within Unix there are three standard channels called standard input, standard output, and standard error. Standard error output is the other way of expressing. These are connected to the the keyboard for standard input, the screen for standard output, and standard error usually goes to the screen. So normally a Unix program or script reads from standard input and writes to standard output and generates any error message on standard error. And there's there's a lot more to be said about this, and I think uh, I'm going to go into this in a bit more detail in the Bash Tips series a bit later. But the way GNU Org deals with these three three special file names, three special channels, is it has these special file names, which are slash dev slash std in, which is standard dev slash e out, standard output, slash dev slash std e double r, which is standard error output so as I, I did it, i used it in an earlier script but you might want to send the message print space in double quotes invalid number double quotes greater than and then in double quotes slash dev slash std e double r double quotes and which will send a message to standard error so if you're running a script that did this then you can you can use your shell's redirection capability to send the standard error stuff somewhere special, log it or something, if you wish, or do something clever. Otherwise it will just look like output from the script. So there's a lot more to be said about this. I haven't gone into a lot of detail. See section 5.7 in the GNU Oasis guide. And um, there's other special names that you can use. See section 5.8 more about But uh, we're not going to go into more depth. So I'll be continuing the second half of this episode which is pretty much written. be doing that fairly soon. Uh, ne- in the next few weeks is the plan. So 
All right, that's it then. Bye now. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you.